Hey talkers, welcome to Keep Talking Podcast. Keep Talking is the best platform for you to reach an advanced level of English by practicing every day and also connect with a global community. This podcast is a mix of our Instagram lives and IGTV videos, along with other recorded content. Sometimes we just give tips on how to improve your English, and other times we talk about a wide variety of topics, sometimes with special guests. Most of the episodes are in English, some are a mix of English and Spanish, and in a few we only speak Spanish. I hope you enjoy, and remember to follow us on Instagram at keeptalkingco, or check out our website, keeptalking.co, to join our community and learn more about how we can help you. What's up, talkers? All right, in this episode, I've got a very interesting current events-related topic, and this is something that I wasn't going to talk about because it's a, well highly political issue and something I don't necessarily know that much about the all of the real details of. But then I decided, well, I think what I'll do is I'll watch a documentary about it and then do a, a documentary review, as I've done with a couple other topics recently. And the topic is the Taliban, the Taliban in Afghanistan. And the documentary that I'm going to be reviewing was done by France 24 English. So it's, well, I think they call it France 24. My French is not very good, but France 24, but then in English. Anyway, that's the channel that was done by. And it's called Life Afghanistan, Life in Taliban Country. And it's a documentary that was on YouTube. Um, it's it's free on YouTube. You don't even have to pay to, to rent it or to buy it. It was made two months ago. Um, I'm doing this podcast at the end of August 2021. And so this was made about two months before the Taliban's official takeover of, uh, of Kabul and of most of the, you know, of most of Afghanistan as we understand it. Um, the United States withdrew uh, its military uh, a couple weeks ago. I don't remember the exact date. And everyone in the United States is saying, oh, this was a terrible, um, the, you know, the way this happened was terrible by President Biden and his administration because they withdrew the military before they got everyone else out. It's a disaster. It's a whole mess. There are American citizens stuck there. There are and Afghans who have helped the U.S. throughout the course of this war that are stuck there and how the Taliban is going to be seeking revenge against them, etc., etc. We've seen images on the news of crazy things happening around the Kabul airport, of people falling off of planes that they were trying to stay on in order to get out of the country, like literally on top of a plane. Um, we've seen all of this crazy stuff in the media. And, of course... What we're being told is that the Taliban has taken over Afghanistan again and is now going to be uh, not only seeking revenge against the uh, Americans, Westerners, and people who helped the Americans during their war, um, but will also be implementing their strict form of Islamic Sharia law again. 
And so without going into too many details of all of that, because that whole thing, there's like six, seven, eight, ten hours of podcast episode and discussion to talk about all of that, and I certainly can't speak to all of it in that much detail. I wanted to talk about this documentary, even though obviously it was made two months ago before the, um, you know, the, the newest developments. Uh, but it was a very interesting documentary, and I really liked it because I thought it was pretty fair. I thought it was fair in the sense of not having that much political bias one way or the other, and it mainly just reported the facts. It reported the things that they saw when they were there. It didn't seem to be trying to spread fear or to make you believe one thing or another. It was just reporting what they saw, which is something I respect and admire in a world where almost all of the quote-unquote news that we receive is politically biased and is based on someone's opinion rather than just actually reporting the news and this seemed to be just pretty much reporting calling it as they saw it, reporting what they saw so there were a couple of reporters uh, who went there and were granted access to some of these taliban controlled lands and um yeah you know as as i'm sure most of our listeners will agree and are aware of in the west uh, in the United States and in other Western countries, the, Th the Taliban is regarded as an Islamic fundamentalist group who wants, you know, they want to take away all women's rights. They are a threat to the West because they hate our way of life. And they will, you know, create and train more terrorists who are going to commit other acts like 9-11, like September 11th in the U.S., uh, when Al-Qaeda knocked down the, you know, the World Trade Center towers, they blew up those towers with planes. Everyone knows about those events. Um, and now the relationship between Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS is very, very complicated. Um, it's, a, it's very, very complicated. There's a lot of nuanced details. I don't know all of the details, but it's too much to try to discuss here. Anyway, the question I often ask myself is, you know, what is the other side to this story? Should I believe 100% of what I hear in the American or the Western media about the Taliban? Uh, as many listeners know, I'm very, I'm very skeptical, especially nowadays, about the things that I hear in the media. And I've never been to Afghanistan personally. I don't know anyone from there, uh, but I do speak Arabic. That's, of course, not the language of Afghanistan. In Afghanistan, they speak Dari and Pashto, um, several different tribal languages, basically versions of the Persian language. I can understand a little bit, but I do not speak their language. Um, but I do speak Arabic. I spent some time in Jordan during college. I've met and am friends with numerous people from the Middle East, numerous Muslims. I feel I have a pretty good understanding of the Islamic religion and lifestyle. Of course, that as well, there's a big difference between, you know, let's say the majority of Muslims and extremely fundamentalist Muslims. Again, another huge topic, and we're not going to get into all of that there. But the question that I ask myself when I hear what's going on in Afghanistan in the news is how much is the Western, let's call it the military-industrial complex, influencing the news that we receive? Because uh, actually, I did an episode a couple weeks ago called uh, a documentary review on a documentary called Why We Fight. You can check that out if you'd like. It's also very interesting, um, somewhat of a related topic. But I certainly can't answer these questions. I can't be sure how much the news that we receive here 
may be um, in a way manipulated to try to make us believe one thing. And I certainly know that if a lot of people in the U.S. were to listen to this, particularly members of the military or the defense apparatus, they might be like, dude, just listen to what we're saying. These guys are terrorists and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that probably that probably is true. Um, you know, the word terrorist is an interesting um, an interesting word. It all depends on someone's perspective and sort of which side you're on. Once again, another long, long topic that I'm not going to get into here. So I don't know what all the truths are. I don't know. I've never been in the military either. I don't know the answers to all these questions. Uh, if you want to know more about, you know, what uh, a military military personnel have seen, whether it's in Afghanistan or in Iraq, um, then you would have to talk to one of them. Uh, I certainly follow a lot of them and, um, you know, I've listened to what they say, but I, um, I can't... I can't speak from any first-hand experience about this. So anyway, I just wanted to report what I learned in this documentary. And like I said, it seemed to be pretty unbiased. Basically, there were some a couple of reporters traveling through uh, Taliban-controlled parts of Afghanistan. And it starts off in Herat, um, Herat, H-E-R-A-T, in the west, the western part of Afghanistan near Iran. And the reporters interviewed a couple of Taliban commanders who ordinarily would not come out into the open. They would not expose themselves, but they did for this interview. And they also actually showed the reporters uh, a village that was under their control. Basically, what they're trying to do, and this is like the literal words of, well, this is what they said in the documentary, is they're trying to, quote-unquote, show people that they are not just a military force, but a credible alternative to the Afghan government. Uh, they then talked about how in the cities, for example, at least as of early summer of 2021, when this documentary came out, there were still a lot of what you would call bastions of freedom. A bastion just means like, a, you know, a, uh, an area, right? Places of freedom where citizens can go do things like go to a barber shop and get their hair cut um, in, you know, kind of a modern way. Uh, women can walk out in the street together, uh, there's dancing at weddings, kids can fly kites, you know, all of these things that we would consider normal in the, the Western world, right? And of course, these are things that under Taliban rule supposedly are not allowed. Now, after that, they traveled to the valley of Omar Khel, which is less than two hours from Kabul, the capital. and. They met with a family there who has a 10-year-old girl who goes to school, and the school is sort of, it's kind of like a makeshift school. Makeshift just means like not official, if that makes sense, right? And the school is actually in a house, basically, and it is, it's a girl's school. It's an all-girls school. Now, this is interesting because, of course, uh, many claims are made saying that, you know, the Taliban don't allow girls to go to school, right? Uh, but anyway, this was a girls' school in a Taliban-ruled area where they have four hours a day of Islamic teachings. 
with a female professor, and then they actually have a math class where they have a male professor, which they said in the documentary is also very interesting to have a male. It's something that would ordinarily not have been allowed, having a male teacher for female, for girl students, right? And now the math teacher specifically says, uh, through the use of an interpreter, of course, he says, people say many bad things about the Taliban, but they are wrong. The Taliban let both boys and girls go to school because it will benefit the next generations. So take that as you'd like, but according to him and according to this documentary, they do have girls' schools. Of course, they are separated from boys' schools based on Islamic laws, we understand it. Um, but it may, doesn't, it may not be totally true that they're preventing all girls, all women from going to school. Now it then goes to a clinic with a female doctor, a female doctor from Kabul. Now this doctor comes from Kabul to this area in the countryside uh, because basically, um, well, and this is a Taliban controlled area and it says that they have slightly relaxed policies on women's health. Basically, this doctor comes to see patients from all around the valley. They go to this clinic that she works at. And this is something that 20 years ago, apparently, the Taliban would have never allowed. They would have prevented this woman from studying and practicing medicine. Basically, being a female doctor was not allowed during that time. But supposedly now it is under their control. And it actually shows one woman who was giving birth. Uh, she was having a baby, and there was actually a male doctor as well. Now then the male doctor, of course, leaves the room when she's giving the baby based on their cultural practices. When she's having the baby, there were other midwives. A midwife is like, I believe the word in Spanish is like a partera, right? Like a, the one who, the nurse who sort of gives birth, right? Um, but anyway, this male doctor was encouraging. He was telling the other female patients who he was seeing, he says, tell your friends, you know, if you have other female friends who need a doctor, tell them to come here to this clinic, especially if they're going to have a baby, because in their society, it's very common for women to give birth at home instead of at a hospital. And so he was recommending that more of them come to this clinic because they're offering a lot of good services. So then the reporters go to a market in the area, just a market where they're selling a lot of things, foods, goods, etc., etc. And in this market, you can see a lot of the Taliban fighters uh, and the commanders on the streets. Uh, there are basically, for the most part, no women in this area. Although the man, they were still with that family with the man and his 10-year-old daughter, she was allowed to go along with him into the shops, etc., um, etc. Et and they interviewed one of the shopkeepers who was a man and he actually says it's better uh, when the area is under Taliban control because for some reason with Taliban control they keep things safer and he can keep his shop open later at night because he feels safe walking outside at night etc etc then they interviewed another man who was talking about he um, about, you know, the Taliban having sort of like a religious police, if I understood that right. This is something they have in Saudi Arabia, for example, where they make sure people go to pray at the mosque. Basically, this man was supposed to report to the Taliban if he saw people that were not praying at the mosque, and then the Taliban would visit that person at their home to make sure they do their religious duties. Uh, after that, they go to some farmlands and they talk to a farmer who says that the Taliban really do help out his business a lot for several different reasons. Um, so apparently there are a lot of farmers who like having the Taliban 
rule. Now, at the end, it talks about, um, it shows some of like the religious rulings that were happening. Um, there was, uh, you know, what I don't know exactly what they call it, um, but sort of like this council of judges, religious judges. Uh, they have a lot of different names in, in Islam for this, and I'm not sure what exactly they're called. But basically, you know, the, the judges, the, the Taliban religious leaders are gathered around speaking to two different men who were getting in trouble. One of them, um, he was being disarmed. He was losing his weapon because he had fired it into the air, which is is not allowed because that can scare people, etc., etc. And he apologized, but he said, well, you know, we still need to take away your weapon indefinitely. And then there was another man who would, was brought to the court because he had spent too much money on his I can't remember if it was his son or his daughter, but his child's engagement party, right? So um, he spent too much money on the engagement party, and this is something that is punishable according to the Taliban and according to, uh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't even say according to the Taliban, because one point that they always make is it has nothing to do with them being the Taliban or their group, it's just the Islamic law, it's the Sharia law as they understand it. Um, but it is punishable by Sharia because it causes it can cause too much debt because according to Sharia law, extravagance is a sin. Overspending and spending too much on, you know, flashy things, really expensive things that are not necessary, um, that is a sin according to Islamic law. And so this man was being punished, and I don't know what exactly the punishment was. And then at the end, they showed the scene that many people in the West have certainly seen before. A similar scene of a woman being flogged or lashed or beaten with a with a stick or with a whip by a Taliban judge for quote-unquote indecency and by indecency they mean she spoke on the phone with a boy she was a fairly young woman she had spoke with a young man over the phone and was being just absolutely brutally flogged and beaten by this Taliban judge on her back and she was screaming and it said that she would have been stoned to death if she would have been married and had done this. She was not married. And so she received all of these just brutal lashes on her back and was screaming the entire time. And then it pretty much ends after that. So once again, um, those are uh, the facts. Those are the things that they saw that they reported. And um, as you can see, there are certain people in the area who say, you know, they think that the Taliban, people who are not necessarily members of the Taliban, but will say that it's better to have the Taliban be in control for certain reasons. And then, of course, you see some of the brutality also at the end, like this woman being flogged and lashed and almost beaten to death just for speaking to a male over the phone. So anyway, um, that's what happened. And without giving any more opinion on it, I'm just trying to report what I saw, which is the same thing that uh, the same vibe I got from this documentary. They were just reporting what they saw without putting much political spin on it. So, yeah, that was it. That was the documentary. Documentary called Afghanistan Life in Taliban Country. Once again, it is on YouTube for free. It's about 37 minutes long. Um, the channel is France 24, English version. So check it out if you're interested. Very good documentary. All right, talkers, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening, talkers. Remember that Keep Talking is the best platform for you to reach an advanced level of English fluency and connect with a global community. 
Remember to follow us on Instagram at keeptalkingco and check out our website, keeptalking.co, to join our community.